from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Tiny House Clap. <laughs> the Tiny House Clap. Make sure you get your STD shots. I did not share my beer. You did not share your beer. I'm Perry. My name is Michelle. And this is Mark. <laughs> wow, this is really... We're going to do that again. Let's do it again. Okay. Hey, this is... Wait. Oh, from the clap? Okay, okay, from the clap. One, two, three. Welcome, everybody, to Tiny House Podcast. My name is Perry. My name is Michelle. And this is at Mark Grimes on Twitter. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, well, we're in Colorado. I shouldn't say that. Sorry. Sorry, Kim. What? Um... <laughs> Well, Cam's Christian, and I don't want to take the Lord's name in vain. My bad. I'm trying to be. I'm not always on this podcast. So we're here at the, the uh, Tiny House Jamboree. Uh, Mark's on the machinery, so he won't, we won't be hearing much from him. Michelle's back from emceeing, and she said she's tired. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done, too, actually. And uh, Michelle's sister's here. I mean, I <laughs> Michelle's daughter's here. Hi. Oh, sorry. Sticking it in her face. And then we have a couple of guests, um, guests we've actually had before on the Tiny House podcast. We have Kim Castle from... Minnesota. Oh, I thought you were going to say the name of your tiny house. Oh, blessthistinyhouse.com. There you go. And uh, Macy Miller, who everyone knows, so I won't give her the mic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm Macy. I'm from Idaho. Uh, Mini Motors? Yeah, Mini Motors. Is that, what, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. And um, what's our topic, Michelle? I don't remember. Hi. <laughs> so today, actually, uh, for the especially for the for the tiny house jamboree, we're doing something a little bit different for the podcast. Normally, we start a podcast and we just talk about whatever the guest wants to talk about. But today, because we want because we have a live audience, hey, live audience, nice. very nice. But today, because we have a live audience, we wanted to actually assign a theme so that people would know what they were coming to watch or to listen to. So uh, today, we're actually talking about the challenges of living in a tiny house with a small family. So. If you were to look at the tiny house movement, the two ladies that I'm sitting next to are a very, very, very rare commodity. Um, we don't know that. Yeah, but the <laughs> podcast listeners don't know that. So uh, the tiny house community, if you were to take the whole community, it's pretty big. And then you, then you shrink it down a little bit to people that actually have built and live in tiny houses, and it gets a little smaller. And then you actually shrink it all the way down to people that live in tiny houses with children. And there are actually very, very, very few of them at this point. So we want to, we want to encourage people to entertain this lifestyle. And so we wanted to talk to the people that are doing it. So without further ado, I'm going to start off with a question for Macy. And then we're just going to hand the mic back and forth and, and see if we can actually get this thing done before the storm that is on the horizon reaches us. So, okay, so Macy, That's my I did. I just lost. I just lost my train of thought for a second. Okay, so Macy, when you first started building your tiny house, you didn't have children. And then you ended up a tiny house um, or children later. So can you talk a little bit about how your space has evolved to fit your now two children? Yes. Um, first, though, I want to say at this jamboree, I've seen several pregnant women. So it's not that rare of a commodity. 
So, uh, I think I think we're just quieter about it. Honestly, it's it's a lot of work to be a mom, and then to be open about being a mom is it's hard. But anyway, so yes, my house it, it transformed over time. I was single, then I was dating someone, and then I got knocked up, and then we <laughs> made room for kiddos. Uh, the first one was an accident, though I knew it would happen eventually. Uh, it, 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 accident she knows it's okay uh, <laughs> I also was an accident I don't take it to heart because uh, I'm here now um, but yeah so accidents all over the place all over more often than not they're just called surprises <laughs> um, but yeah so I originally with my tiny house I had a dovetail on the end and I had every intention of cutting that sucker off when I designed my house um, and then I was like, well, eventually I want to have kids one day, and that's a lot of work. Uh, so let's just leave it. I'll make it a patio or something. And that's how my patio was born. Um, and then a lot of people got upset when I built the patio into a room for my children. But it turns out I like my children a lot more than I like my patio. Um, so that's a good thing also. Even if they're accidents, I, I like them. Um, and so I made room for them. And I've had zero regrets whatsoever about it. But the tiny house changes as it needs to change and it will continue to do so let's hear kim's version i have no idea what the question was <laughs> so the question was well macy's it's a little bit different question because when macy built her house she didn't have children when you built your house you did have children so we're going to rephrase the question for you so when you built your house you built it with children have you changed it since, like since you started living in it and since you started realizing the space and the storage constraints, how have you modified your house to fit the lifestyle? Okay, so all modifications that we've done haven't been very structural. They've been just in where we keep things. So definitely upstairs stores, it's like the beds, pillows, fluffy, comfy, you know, human comforts and, um, and books and stuff. And then downstairs, we have all the, you know, everything else you need. But in the very, very beginning, we had all the kids' laundry storage upstairs, and I highly recommend not to do that because what the heck? You're going up these goofy stairs down the catwalk, trying to put them away. They don't even get dressed up there. They get the clothes, they truck them back down, and, then, and it's just so ridiculous. So don't do that. Um, and by the way, like bringing anything down a catwalk, it's like you're holding it in your hand and walking on threes, not fours. It's very awkward, so, so strange. So you're like, you're like crawl, crawl, push, crawl, crawl, push, crawl, crawl, push, and it's just not good, so. Um, yeah, so what we've done since we've been in downstairs, like I love to change things around. I've always done that, rearrange the living room, rearrange the, my bedroom, whatever it is. But in the tiny house, I didn't expect that I could, but we do it all the time. My fridge has been in six different places. The laundry's been in like the laundry storage, clothing storage has been in more places than that. We just continue to like shift around and it's just for fun. It goes, oh, I could do this today and it'll be fun. And, and then... Ryan comes home and goes, whoa, the end. <laughs> the end, very nice. So Macy, I do want to come back to your comment. You said something about everybody had an opinion about your porch or everybody had an opinion about you boxing in your porch. I've heard some very interesting stories about people in general that have an opinion about you living in your tiny house with children. So um, you can tell the best, you can tell the worst of those stories. But um, can you tell us a little bit about, again, how other people perceive life in a tiny house? This is a really broad question, um, but yes. 
I learned, I, I think that things happened in a reason, uh, for a reason. And I built my tiny house and everybody critiqued me about that tiny house to the point I was in tears many a times. That's sad. Uh, but uh, it made me grow as a person. It made me uh, buck up a little bit, have a little bit thicker skin, which I've since learned I need to have since I'm a parent. Um, because it turns out people care about tiny houses. They, they have a lot more opinions about how I parent my kids. Um, and I'm, I'm really fortunate that the timeline happened how it did. Uh, people, I've, I've learned people will criticize whatever decision you make. They think they have a valid opinion to it. And uh, it, it's not, it, it's gotta work for you. And it's hard to be open about a lifestyle that's anything but normal. It's hard to be open about a lifestyle that's normal, quite frankly. Um, and, and I think that that shuts down a lot of people before they, they're able to open up and help others. Um, with me, I'm very uh, persistent, uh, pig-headed. I don't know how you would call it. Obnox Some people call it obnoxious. I'm not sure. Um, but when people criticize me, it pushes me further. I want to help others further. I have been told to my face that it's impossible, that I'm lying. I'm not really living in my tiny house. We actually must rent somewhere and this is just where I make money. At what point I laugh because you don't make money blogging. Um, and, and clearly they don't, they, they've discredited themselves there. There's an emergency happening nearby. Sorry. Um, I hope everybody's okay. But uh, yeah, you, you have opinions. And to that, I say help people anyways uh, and go forward and do what you need to do. Find your helpers, find your supporters uh, in whatever realm, whether it's tiny houses, parenting, job force, whatever, whatever's important to you. Find your helpers and poo-poo the rest, you know, because they're poo-pooing you anyways. Um, but yeah, nothing, I will also say nothing hurts more than criticism of how you're parenting your, your children. I mean, I'm going to mess my kids up just like everyone else is going to mess their kids up, period. So I got a question. Um, I have two-parter, actually. First of all, I, it's a Michelle question. How, how old is, are your children? Uh, my name's Macy. Uh, <laughs> Did I say Kim? Sorry. You said Michelle. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was looking at Michelle. I meant Macy. It's a Michelle question. Oh, got you. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I, I'm sorry. Uh, my bad. Uh, my children are 10 months old, the same as the, these two here, two and a half and 10 months old. Right and also adorable. And how about you, Kim? My kids are eight and six. Okay, so the question is, how do you do the nasty in your tiny houses? My kids sleep hard and often, <laughs> period. Like, they're still little. Uh, we'll, we'll adjust as we need to when they grow. But quite frankly, they sleep often and hard. Right on. I love this question. Oh, yeah. Just kidding. Okay. Nobody <laughs> loves this question. <laughs> but seriously, I think that the tiny house community, not to generalize, but I think we're pretty creative people. Right? Yeah. Get creative, people. Why are we so close-minded? It's just sex. What do you do in <laughs> I don't know. I'll think about there's. Oh my gosh, just whatever. Um, can I answer one? The, there was a question that you answered about people's comments or reactions. Can I just quick say something about that? Because we've been in ours for two years. You've been like three and a half, right? Yep. I'm wondering if you've seen a change in the comments yep. over the time. Yeah. At first, I was here. Um, you know, people don't to my face like you have. I haven't experienced quite the extreme. But, you know, if you'll like trickle through some comments and which I don't do so much anymore, but in the past I've seen there's a 
the news comes, you know, they come over and they do a thing and then I look and watch all the Minnesotans have their comment on my tiny house. And so at first there were comments that were pretty rough, like, oh, they should call Child Protective Services and things such like that. Or, you know, children have a right to stand upright when they walk into their room. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, and I'm like, whoa, I didn't know that was a right. Um, and, and so those were the types of comments. And then also, I'd like to see what they're going to do when they're teenagers. Oh, yeah. What are they going to do when they're teenagers? Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see what's going to happen then. What are they going to do then? But now I've gotten a recent comment that was so encouraging. I, it was a positive tone. I can't wait to see those kids when they're adults. They were like, they were like really encouraging. They had this ama all these really great comments because they're living like with enough and they're content. They've got all these books, homeschool, living outside, lots of nature. And they had the most encouraging comment. I was like, thank you. And th it's a total shift in the comments though. The comments people had before were pretty negative, but now the more we talk about, the more we normalize it, the more we share, like this is, I know there is, it is not quite normal, but I, I still have the mission to normalize this. this. It's totally normal. We're doing normal things. We're normal people. We live in, like, we, we fight, we cry, we are happy, we love each other, and all those normal things. And so I just want to share that it's normal. There was a time when families raised their kids in small spaces way before the tiny house movement even began. So this isn't like a new deal that's, that's occurring. Um, so what's the, what's the, What's the thing that you like the most about having your kids so close by? Uh, this is Macy again. Uh, what I like most about having them close by, I, they're sometimes a little too close. I'm just past the newborn phase, quite frankly, and I've been attached to a human being for the better part of three years now. So I'm almost looking forward to a little bit more independence. So maybe I'm the wrong person to ask about this. But I think if, if you look at the big picture, because I think I'm just a little too close to that bazena right now, uh, I'm really glad I get the opportunity to rock my babies. You know, I, I have some really sweet, really tender moments with my kids and I have time to do that with them. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so looking forward to when Miles is is walking and, and has a little bit of caution about him so he's not hurting himself while walking because that, that's going to be freedom a little bit for me. Uh, but yes, I, I, I so appreciate the, the time that I have. I think that a lot of parents, I, I, you know, I've, I've cried with both of my kids. I'm a part of mom's groups online and, and when people tell me, you know, their six weeks is up or their 12 weeks is up, they've got to go back to work. And I'm sitting there with a six week or a 12 week old and I can't even imagine leaving them for a moment. I'm so grateful that I just get to stay there and hold them longer. Uh, I'm, I'm really appreciative for the tiny house and its role in our life. So we start out um, when we have babies. I do have two babies. Um, they are now 19 and 21. Um, but when we when we have children, um, it definitely is a, a huge opportunity for consumerism to really become part of part of the notion of motherhood. Like, you need this bouncy house, this little bouncy chair, and you need the little the little rolly thing that they can learn to walk by scooting around the floor. And they got these six wheels that scrap scratch the crap out of your floor. And you need a high chair, but only for a little while, because then you like hook the little chair on the side of their of the table, 
And of course you have to have socks in every possible color. So consumerism is alive and well in motherland. And obviously if you're living in a tiny house, you're not, probably not. Do you want, you want to talk a little bit about how you resist, Kim? We're going to start with you. How you resist consumerism as it relates to being a mother. Um, I raised mine in large houses. I had crap everywhere. I bought everything that came out. Um, how do you resist that? And is it difficult or is it easy? So when we moved into our house, the kids were four and six. So we didn't do this. Uh, we, we did in the big house have the stroller and the, we had a crib that my poor husband took down and put up back up every time we moved. I think it was five or six times. And I'm pretty sure that's more times than it was actually slept in because they sleep in our bed, whatever. Um, I don't remember the question anymore. We don't, yeah, I don't, we don't bring a lot of stuff into the house and we just keep track of it. They're catching things right now, free little piddly things, but I just kind of watch what enters the house. And once it enters the house, I'll kind of keep track of, I just keep an eye on what that item is, where it ends up, when is it, when is it garbage? And I, I put it next to the garbage can. So, cause I don't put it straight in the garbage can if it's like literally garbage or whatever. I put it next to it or behind it. And then um, if someone goes, oh my gosh, where's my something that's garbage? I go, oh no, how did it go? Oh, here it is. And then they'll forget again. And then I'll put it behind the garbage can again. And then they forget about once it's forgotten for it's been there for three days i can put it in the garbage can when i take it out so it kind of there's like this stage process we go through but um like i remind them that there's toys at the library we play with all the time like a story wanted a kitchen set when we were at the library she wanted that same kitchen set and i was like well we can just come to the library again and play with it here we don't need it at our house same thing with board games they have scrabble at the coffee shop and then i get coffee and they get to play jenga or whatever that is you know so is it difficult or is it easy to make those decisions? It's easy, but you have to keep a good, consistent kind of grasp, awareness, grasp and awareness on. Okay. Uh, Maisie, same question. Is it easy or difficult to overcome consumerism for mothers? It's very easy for me in my head. What's hard is uh, everybody else. You know, I have a very large family and my partner has a very large family and they all live in town. Um, at Easter time, I had an emotional breakdown. Each of my kids, one of which was like three months old, got seven Easter baskets. I was mad. I didn't even get to give my kids an Easter basket. Uh, I, I seriously, I loaded everything they got for Easter on the couch and it overtook the couch and it was just insanity. So um, we'll be taking vacations for every holiday and, and they, they got gifts for St. Patty's Day. I didn't even know. Like when I grew up, that was an adult holiday period. Uh, you got pinched sometimes if you forgot about green or wore red or something. I don't even know the rules because it was just an adult holiday. Um, I think that there's a lot of uh, the items that are designed for children are really convenience items for parents like the rocker and, and stuff um, where people mistake those as needs and and not wants where i've taken the the perspective that i'm going to redesign my life where i don't need convenience items i can just parent um and i say that and that, that's that was offensive when i said it i'm sorry um because it's not it, it, life is hard and you have to make decisions you can and i made it a priority that my parenting is going to to overtake my need to make money um, and I've, I've been very fortunate to be able to do that because that's something that's super easy to say and really difficult to actually do. 
Um, but it's possible, guys, and you can decide to be your kid's rocker. And sometimes it sucks, but it's a phase of life. Um, and, and sometimes I want sleep more than I want to hold my baby, as adorable as they are. But it's a phase of life, and it's an important phase of life, and it's important to me that I experience all those phases of life because I think you appreciate each phase if you get to experience each phase. Um, but yes, the from the outside and all the the kind gestures that people give, and you know, people want to go on vacation and they need to bring their crib and their pack and play and their rocker and their this and their that, but they don't want to take it back home with them. And I notice you don't have those things, so can I just give them to you when I'm done? I don't have those things for a reason, and I don't want to house them. Um, so I, I try to just take a different perspective on it. And I know I'm a new parent, and I'm prepared to get criticism back on. I'll learn. And I will. I'll learn as I go on and I'll, I'll do what I need to do to be a parent just as every parent out there will do what they need to do to be an effective parent in the way they want to parent their children. And I think it's very important that we drop the uh, mom shaming and dad shaming because that happens too. Uh, and trust parents to make decisions for their kids because nobody knows those kids like those parents do. And parent your kids the way you want to, guys. And I'll do the same. Uh, Kim, so your kids are a little bit older, and one thing I think would be fun, or at least at first, is what's it like when your your kids' friends come to visit your house for the first time? Yeah, kids love tiny houses. The kids come over, and they're like, uh, all kids kind of have a different stance, but usually they're, they go for the stairs first. And whether they're babies, like, just learning to walk or they're the big kids, they all head for the stairs. And they get partway up, and some of them just plow through, and some of them get halfway, and they're like, I can do this, right? Like, they're real, like, oh, man, this is cool. And then I say, go ahead. You guys are good. Go ahead. Go upstairs. But shoes off because you're crawling through my bed. And, um, and they get to the top, and they're like, Mom, you got to see this. They all say that. you got to see this, Mom. So the moms all have to go, too. And... Um, Kids love it. Kids want to go up there and hang out. Even when my kids are like, let's go outside, let's go outside. And they're like, no. Other kids are, the other kids are like, we're in the loft. <laughs> Where They want to play there. And then, um, but the composting toilet, some kids, I've had one little neighbor girl. She had to go to the bathroom. She goes in the bathroom. I showed her all she had to do was go potty. No problem. Just, you know, whatever. She stood in there for, I'm pretty sure, three minutes. And she came back out. And she was all, like, sheepish and quiet. And, like, another three minutes later, she said, I want to go home because she was like a campground. We were on the campground at the time. So she had to go potty still. She just stood in there <laughs> scared of the toilet. <laughs> oh, poor girl. Um, so people are a little scared of the toilet. They love the tiny house. Um, yeah, a lot of kids like like they want to drop something from the loft or something like that. But kids love it. Adults are scared of the toilets too. Uh, I'm I'm in the middle of potty training my daughter. I'll I'll, I'll take an opportunity and steal this mic from somebody because my biggest fear when I'm potty training my daughter is that we go to the grocery store and she's like, "Where's the sawdust?" Yeah. <laughs> like, she's good. Uh, so daddy has an office and it has a flush toilet. And whenever we're at the potty, she says, "This is like daddy's toilet." <laughs> That's what it is, and it's adorable. So how much do you, how much do you, when you're, when you're being a parent, how much do you emphasize the fact that you're in a tiny house or do you, do you acculturate your children to the fact that you're in this new leading edge housing movement or is it just business as usual? It's kind of business as usual. Um, whenever we discuss it, we'll, I, I try to discuss 
all like equal opportunity housing <laughs> like we'll drive by houses and we t we'll talk about like um i try not to talk too much about size but i'll be like oh look at that house i wonder how many whatever they fit in there how many people live in there or that i bet it would take a long time to clean because it's really big but maybe they really like it because they have a lot of parties and so they can host people but i suppose we can only host people and have big parties in the summer so i just offer a lot of questions so they can kind of reflect on it but i don't ever say do you like your tiny house <laughs> no. she didn't have to because the tv crew did it for you yes yes so as you may recall um she was featured on the on the show tiny house nation yes. right tiny house nation she was season one also as i recall and um so do you want to reflect a little bit on that story about how about how your work in acclimating of course the children into the tiny house there was a there was a bit of an adjustment or, or how much of that was real oh i think i know what you're referring to yeah yeah they were trying to pull some drama out of the kids we were all looking forward to it because we just looked forward to all the good things that are kind of come with the tiny house we always celebrate each step and we gave something away oh yay that person maybe needed it and we get to look forward to this there's always a positive spin and then i remember there was some filming that they were we spent like 45 minutes they were skipping rocks with sully trying to get him to say that he didn't want to live in the tiny house trying to get some type of <laughs> drama out of it and they they turned the question around this way and that way and they could not get him to be negative and finally the director had like said in somebody's ear and so they directed the question okay sully if you could live in the big house with all your toys or live in the tiny house with no toys <laughs> which one would you pick and i'm just watching him going, oh like wincing a little bit and so he's like oh the tiny house like he's <laughs> i'm sure they all thought i brainwashed him or something but i don't know but yeah I, I i let other people will give them those questions so i don't want them to feel like they're constantly grilled on it so i don't ask them too much but we just celebrate like oh i'm so glad that we can finish this house cleaning real quick you know it'll be done fast you know we just kind of just offer them all those all the information, both sides of it. If it was bigger, it would take longer, and then we wouldn't get, to, you know, whatever. I think that Kim is such a good mom. I'm learning about momming right now, well, and that's awesome. Like, how, no, seriously, like, that's what you do. You present options to your kids, you teach them about the world, and you, like, living in a tiny house, I have time to do that. And I think that how you're handling it is really critical, and I think that that makes you a wonderful mother. It sucks that we have to talk about like what other people think because it doesn't matter. Like, how well are you raising your children, and does this help that or hurt that? That's what it comes down to, uh, and and everybody does that differently. But I, I, you, good job. So tiny houses are often transitional. Um, speaking of what about what other people think, we we build a tiny house, we live in it for a little while, and then we sell it because we transition to a different point in our life. And we and I say we as the movement collectively, people are like, oh, so you couldn't hack it, like really? So um, to what extent is as do you assign a transitional value to your house? Um, is it for your your forever home? How flexible are you on your perception of of uh, how well that's going to grow, continue to grow, and continue? to accommodate uh, your family. Macy. Well, James, my partner, and I are both uh, architecture by trade 
and we like projects we're project people we're itching to get on our next project quite frankly but it's not because the tiny house doesn't suit our needs and i'm getting prepared for like the criticism for it uh because the tiny house community can be rough uh <laughs> i try to make them be nice but they don't want to um but yeah, so uh, personally, James and I are, are itching. We, we really want to do a container house, a shipping container house, and we have the property for it. We have the finances for it because we've saved it all in cash. One of my goals was to never rely on a bank again for a mortgage, and, and we're past that point. Um, so we, we want to do it, but we, I, I was talking to Andrew Odom the other day, yesterday about this. Um, we have the finances to do it. We want to do it. We had the sit down talk. Okay, should we do this? And both of us were like, you know what? I'm feeling a lot of pressure from other people, but this is totally suiting us right now. We don't need to do this. I mean, we're basically rent-free. We're raising our family the way we want to. Uh, what are we missing? We want to travel. Okay, so we bought a vintage RV and we're gutting it. And that's our new project. We're gutting it. We're gonna, it's a 13-foot RV. Uh, we're making it fit two kids. Uh, Great Dane and two adults and we're gonna travel the world next summer uh, Because how cool is that and and we're at it to this point where we're like ah, oh, the kids just need to be a little bit older But we got got past that we we're just like we'll we'll go again when they're older, you know uh, They'll get something out of it now and he and I will get something out of it now And it'll be fun and we have time but we are feeling pressure from our families to kind of go to the next step You know when are our their beds are 55 inches tall at what point is it? not okay for them to sleep in a 55-inch bunk, you know? And, and it, the fact of the matter is they come to our bed every night anyway. So they do, they do forever and we try and we try, <laughs> but also we like sleep too. And so we, we do, and, and, and I think that's natural that that occurs and that we're gonna miss it when they're independent. So we try to take part and, you know, we're all really tired, let's all try to get some sleep again. Uh, hopefully we'll succeed, but um yeah we we do feel pressure from others but not from us but if given the opportunity and everything arises we will eventually change our houses um mostly because we we're project people though kim same question yes so if you'd ask me five six however many seven years ago if i was going to live in a tiny house with my six and eight year old i maybe would have said no but so I think my point is that I don't want to really look six, seven years ahead and say, no, I'm not going to do this or that. So we kind of, we, my husband and I, uh, on some levels we're very planful, but on other levels we're like, let's just, let, let's just wait and see what happens and be open to every opportunity because we try to, um, rather than plan our own life, follow what God's plan is for our life. So we are not going to give you a hard and fast answer on if we're going to live in our tiny house forever or not because we don't know and we know they'll grow and we like to kind of keep a close watchful eye on making sure everybody feels happy safe welcome in their home and their space i don't think that the kids need four walls and a door to be feel like they have their own space they can have playhouses and outside and hammocks and we've got a silver streak we're going to update that's on our property um and that's pretty sweet and i think the tiny house will always be in our family whether our family is in the tiny house or not um i love that d williams just gave her nephew jonathan her tiny house i think the fact that it can be a gift is just beautiful and so that's something we look forward to with our own children um, giving them the gift of a home is really cool. So um, that's what I have to say about that. 
Okay, so diaper smell. So when I was designing my house, for instance, I made a list of the types of things that I wanted, and I didn't want the bathroom near to the kitchen because of the smells. Um, as I come to find out later, it wasn't really a big deal, but I can only imagine. So you probably have not, you probably not collected a lot of other baby stuff, but is a diaper genie part of your, part of your collection? I did not know a diaper genie existed for a really long time and also a pumpkin seat. So, and I still don't know what that is, but somebody told me I can't possibly raise a child without a pumpkin seat or a diaper genie. And I, I don't know what half of that is. I now know what a diaper genie is. Uh, Google would tell me that, but I, I haven't cared enough to Google pumpkin seat, honestly. Um, we don't have a diaper genie. And this is funny because I was on a, a panel yesterday and I embarrassed my son and daughter, I'm sure. Uh, and I feel slightly bad that this is being recorded and that at some point in the future, maybe they'll hear this. But I'm going to say it anyways, because uh, I was told a lot that once they change the diapers, they'll want to move out. And uh, my daughter is older, and I swear she, she, it didn't stink, man. It didn't at all. And then my son is born, and he reeks so oh, bad. Yeah. And <laughs> is it a boy-girl thing? I have no idea. I, you, you, I mean, I also don't want to embarrass James, but there's a difference when he leaves the bathroom and when I leave the bathroom, <laughs> too. All right? But I, I never noticed it with the girl child. And then we had the boy child, and I'm like, what is? What did you eat? I know what you ate. I, how did this happen? And, you know... Uh, no, you just dump the garbage, guys. If it smells, go go back. Go back 40 years. Was there diaper genies? How did they make it through? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they dumped the garbage. Like, you know, it's it's not difficult. It's it's perplexing to me that that's such a common question. But I, I can tell you I've learned that boys do actually stink quite a bit more. So speaks the mother of two boys your uh same question oh you do you're right you have a boy and a girl sorry same question the smells i don't have diapers in my tiny house maybe someday i know but you have you still have smells associated with children oh the children don't smell <laughs> so when they've been outside playing all day and they're covered in mud and their feet and their shoes. They're dirty. They don't smell. I have an outside bathtub now. Oh. I should share that because it's lovely. I but yeah, I just put them in the shower if they're inside. But I wash them <laughs> and then I wash my children. <laughs> we have an outside bathtub though. It's really cool. I got it for free off Craigslist. This is not what, answering your question, but it's more. It's like a luxury lady free free hot tub. Wow. It's like the, they call it the poor man's hot tub but I call it like a luxury lady spa bath in my backyard. My husband dug a hole in the ground and put, to fire, put a fire in it and put the bathtub on top and it's a hot tub. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay, so what is the one thing, what is the one thing you actually did buy um, for your children that you absolutely think was, you know, was great, it was a great idea? What is the one thing you own that you would not, absolutely not do without? Well, you just ruined it with that last thing. But, I, I mean, we could definitely do without it. But I think it's adorable when a kid's in a jumper. Boop, boop, boop. Uh, and we uh, we were mentioning this as well. We we don't... Doorways, you know, typically you have that clip thing that hangs on a doorway. Those are not really accessible in tiny houses. So you can't, like, jumper a kid in a doorway. So I rigged up... I got a little Johnny jumper thing for my kids. And I rigged it up in the, the living room. Uh, and I just... Uh, 
you know, put an eye hook into the rafter and my kids hang out in there and it's adorable. They totally don't need it. It's not something I would do without, but I find it adorable. And Miles goes in there and he like tries to run in it and then he like catapults back. Um, but it's, it's also multifunction. They have the little food tray. So I give him his little chunks of food in there and he jump, jump, jumps. And, and I find it just adorable and that's totally excess it's not something i would do without uh honestly my kids are fine with food water um the thing they complain about most is when i'm not there uh so right there that's where we're at uh we don't really have anything that's my only excess item i i think besides bats because i also don't have dirty kids uh <laughs> turns out i like them clean as well uh and then uh you know food water sleep poop those things that people do same question. Um, items in the house. I, um, as, as Macy was talking, I was thinking about over time how much time, okay, since we first got in the house, they were outside all the time. And even though they'd like selected this bin of toys from the big house that they were their favorite that they kept in the house, you know, we're going to bring to the tiny house. Their favorite toy was sticks. I'm pretty sure it was like six months long. They, were, they would find a stick. It was amazing. They had to show me a list. I would remember being on the phone. And they're like, mom, 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 mom. You got to see my stick. It's like, oh my gosh. I, I, wait till I'm off the phone. And your stick is awesome. That's really cool. Story would like wrap her baby stick up and, tr and cuddle it like a baby. It was her baby doll stick. And Sully was on the hunt for slingshot sticks. It was, everything was about sticks. And then the next season of toys was bikes. They biked a whole summer and biked like crazy. But now we live on a really, really, really steep driveway that I won't even drive down with my car. So no bikes allowed. And now it's goggles. So I have another question. So we're all singing Kumbaya. We love our families and we love our children. We spend a ton of time with them and we sleep with them. And this is all lovely. But, um, and I have to say that I was forced to leave my children very, very, very early. Um, my son, I went back to work four days after he was born. Um, my daughter, I went back to work two weeks after she was born. So I would have to say that if there, if there would have been any possibility at that time that I could have made a different set of decisions that would have allowed me to spend more time with my children, I definitely would have. So I'm very, I'm very jealous. But, um, but however, my question is actually more about life balance. So do you, do you still maintain uh, a date night or or are you concerned about socializing at all and getting them out social with other children? Um, I keep telling myself that probably daycare was probably good for my kids because it helped them to be able to socialize with other children. So that's what I tell myself to, to, to reward myself for the, some of the decisions I made. So um, can you talk a little bit about socializing and, and life balance for you and your, and your husband? Um, yeah, I'm not married. I won't be married, but people call James my husband and that's totally fine with me. I just have to clarify that because I'm a jerk. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I feel the need to say that. Honestly, we've committed to each other. We have children, but I just am in anti-marriage. But yes, I think that the relationship there is, is very important to maintain. I think that's very difficult to maintain with little babies. Um, and anyone who has little babies, the boy side and the girl side, you just kind of respect that this is a helpless little human being that really needs his mother. Um, and that's where we're at right now. Um, right now, Miles is not like I, I never thought Hazel would get to the point where I would be able to drop her off with grandma and we could go have dinner by ourselves. I felt like so like, oh, my God, I'm creating a monster. Um, and then one day she was just fine with it. 
you know and and i think that i'm very lucky to be able to listen to my children in that that way uh my heart absolutely shatters for people who are taken away from their children because i don't think that that is natural um all for the sake of paying a bill and it it sucks because it needs to happen you know and it it does and and i think people tell themselves all kinds of things that uh make it okay in their heads and i but my my heart just breaks for that uh going through that situation when my daughter was six weeks old and you know my wave of mom friends had to go back to work i i seriously i cried for them because i did not i i just you know you're emotional anyways right after you have a baby you've got all these weird hormones running through you and you just cry at the drop of a hat period but i i just couldn't imagine it and and the way i think as a person i just put myself in somebody else's shoes and i just can't do that um but i'm losing track of the question here uh how to maintain a life balance thank you um I, th- I think it is really important, and I think that's really hard for any parent, and I don't think that's dependent on the house you're living in. Um, James and I are finally starting to get back to the point where it's like, hey, can we have dinner? And it's super awkward because we're like, what do you think the kids are doing? You know, and, and we just, like, can't separate. Like, both of us are still at that point. But Miles will turn one here shortly. Um and, and Hazel wasn't good with it until like 18 months. So, I mean, eventually it's, it, it gets back to that season of life thing, you know, and, and right now we have little bitty babies and this is our life and we just kind of duck and, and dodge and, and roll with it. And we've learned to rely on each other um, in ways we never, ex- I mean, you don't think about relying on each other in this way because you can't possibly fathom being in this situation until you're in the depths of it. Um, but I think that it, it's hard for everybody, but you, if, if you persevere and if you place importance on it, and part of that does mean giving your partner the time and space, um, and your attention, um, then, then you persevere and then you get past this and, and you become better and stronger together. So I think I love listening to you talk about that, Macy, because it brings me back like six years. <laughs> um, so we moved into the tiny house so we would have a better balance of those things. We were a two-income family, but I, um, but I was also at home. So I was shooting weddings, but, wor- but I, no one ever took my kids to watch them so I could edit. So I was just up all night working and then really exhausted all day. So I didn't like who I was as a mother very much. And I, like, I couldn't commit my, my 100% passion be an awesome mom or an awesome wedding photographer and like I just could not find a good balance exactly so I we have better balance in the tiny house um Ryan and I we really get more like weekends we'll take the kids up to grandma and grandpa we live two hours from our our parents and they both live in the same um almost the same town two hours up north from us so they'll kind of bounce the kids back and forth for a weekend while we get a weekend um together occasionally it's not super often, but, um, and then Ryan works really early in the morning. He'll get up at like four or so in the evening. He's tired right when he gets home. He'll go to bed at 7.30 and we're like, no, daddy, don't go to bed. And the kids jump on him um, and while he's trying to sleep. But um, the kids socialize really easily. They're homeschooled, so they can socialize with anybody, any age. I don't know if any of you guys have experienced that yet. They're, they'll approach anybody, especially after living on a campground. It's just constant action. And so they're super social, super talkative. Um, 
and I've been finding a really, really cool community in our new, our new city where we've landed, and have great friends, and the kids are finding some, I think, lifelong friends. So, we do pretty, pretty great. Well, I don't think we could have had better guests for this topic. Thank you very much, um, Macy Miller, for being with us and talking about your family and Kim Castle and your wonderful family. And I have to agree with Macy, you are a fantabulous mother, and you are too. Thank you. I always liked you when we, when we did our first... When we did our it is an experiment for everybody. Why are we so judgmental they're gonna about want each other? Mansion. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna. <laughs> it's natural order. So, um, who do we talk to next week? Frida. We have no freaking. Oh, it is Frida. Is it? Oh, okay. It's it's Michelle's guess. That's right. Yeah. Frida is lovely, says Kim Castle. So, Tiny House listeners, be Tiny House podcast listeners, be sure to listen in next week. Actually, it's Wednesday, yeah. three days from now, um, when we'll be talking with Frida. Yes. Yeah, I look forward to it. Goodbye. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Yay. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. 